Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. On this episode, actual work, I probably do two hours a day, if that. Probably do a bit more right now because I've literally got nothing else to do. I can't even leave the house. But just because I don't put as much effort in now, it doesn't mean my business isn't. I've just got other people putting the effort in for me. Yeah. Now, here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. Hi, Anita. Are you okay? I'm good. Hello. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. Well, if you been listening to this podcast for a while you will know we're social media coaches and we help our clients attract clients using social media so today we're super excited because we have ryan luke with us now he is like us but in the property world so he helps people get to where they need to get to uh, within their property business focusing mostly on serviced accommodation so in this episode in particular he goes into some really good hacks of how to um leverage other people i guess to get where you need to get to but obviously looking after those people along the way so let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe i've got several businesses but the core they all kind of revolve around the property world and um i'm involved in property in a number of ways but i guess mainly known for kind of the airbnb side of things that most people i call it short-term rentals but um so we, we house contractors up and down the UK predominantly and then depending on the cities and obviously once COVID's finished, we'll, we'll have some tourism back as well. And uh, I've also got some stuff over in Dubai that we do the same on. So that's kind of the core business model and, and where I guess I'm passionate about that. I don't really have much time for tenants or single lets. I don't think the, the money you can make from them is huge. And um HMOs, which is like house and multiple occupancies, um, again, a bit like service accommodation. It's an enhanced strategy to make more out of a property. But uh, I just don't like the tenancy laws that us landlords that keep getting bogged down with. You know, it's now six months before you can kick someone out and they decide they just don't want to pay. You know, I'm pretty sure if I went into Tesco's and decided I didn't want to pay for my groceries, I, I wouldn't get a call six months later. You know, it would be like... It's rubbish, isn't it? I run my own and I manage other people's as well for them and show landlords how they can make more money from their properties by by doing kind of the Airbnb formula. And um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what I do. And then, and then I've slowly merged into coaching and business consultancy as I've kind of grown and, you know, once I've, I guess, figured it out for myself, then you can share for the rest of people in the property world. And I also do business consultancy for other industries as well. Just I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, work less and earn more and leveraging yeah. other people to, to be able to give you that time freedom back. Because I think once you hit the, once you hit the money level that you want, it, it does become about the time and getting that time back. Yeah. And I think that's more important probably than the money, but unfortunately, you need the money to be able to get to that point. So it's kind of a vicious circle. But you've um, figured all this out and grown really fast, haven't you? Yeah. So it's only really been like within the last few years that we've we've scaled to the extent that we have. And um, and then moving fast, you've got to also piece it, piece it all together quite quickly, which is also a, a good, good, bad problem. I'm not sure. But I did hit burnout at one point. You know, I cracked my head open. I put myself in hospital and I was like, because I was wearing all the hats, I was doing it all. And that was my... Not, not a hard hat though, was you? No. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that, that was my um, light bulb moment that I need to get help or slow it down. And for me, I'm not really a slow it down type of person. So I, uh, 
I, I, I discovered how to lead a team, but put him in the right place to make sure that they're all efficient. And, and that's kind of where I think my consultancy really plays dividends now for businesses. Cause I, I go into a lot of businesses and they're still wearing all the hats, getting sucked into the operations. And that really stalls the growth of the business. And yeah. until you realize that employees are an investment, not an expense, then you'll never scale to dizzy heights until you until you switch that in and that's a mindset thing as well how did you how did you crack your head open then how did you do it um i was running around like an idiot trying to get one of my airbnb properties ready for uh, one of the bigger events that was happening in the city and we already had bookings on it so i had to get open dinner as daft as it sounds i had the van and and it, something dropped out the van so I bent down to pick it up, but my door stayed open. Then I came back up on the corner of the door. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. I walked into, um, it was Wix, I think, to get me stuff. And I felt like this dripping down the back of my neck. And oh. sure enough, I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> I think I better go to the hospital. And I felt very dizzy. And look, I actually drove myself to the hospital, which was probably stupid. But um, I got yeah. there anyway. So um, you did, but, When uh, you are that type of person that is like, you have it upon you. And lots of entrepreneurs start like this, which I think is brilliant place to start because otherwise you'd never get going you'd never get things done but you almost it's not even doesn't even enter your head to think to ask anyone for anything ever you're like you needed to get that done so you got it done you cut your head so you've got to get to hospital so it's up to you to go and do it and living this like is it ego is it what i don't know you're like i'm an entrepreneur i can't ask anybody for help yeah it's like and it's like it's total rubbish like if i could wind the clock back now I'd, I'd have got help from day one, you know, and as soon as cash flow was coming into the business, I'd have started getting help and, um, and, and I'd be in such a, I'd be in a bigger place than where I am now because I actually stopped scaling. Um, so I acquired 21 properties in seven months and, and then I cracked crack my head open and I took three months out basically to try and put it all together. But probably those 21 in the seven months were probably acquired actually within about I would say the bulk of them were probably acquired within the first two or three months, but then I spent the next few months just dealing with it all and the operations sucked me in, which meant I couldn't get out there and build the relationships and acquire more. So that's, that stunted the growth. And that's what I see time and time again in, in not just property businesses or businesses, you know, they, they want to do the sales calls, they want to do the marketing, they want to do the client follow up, they want to, you know, and, and it just, it's not feasible to do that in a large, in a large business. Yeah, once you get to a level, you're going to have to start trusting other people, aren't you? Not doing it all yourself. So what's what's your role now? What do you do? Yeah, I I don't do anything that I don't enjoy because I'm all about energy levels and and where your energy should go as well. Um, I I don't have crossover in my team anymore, so everyone just stays in their zone of genius and they have to uh, operate. Because I think if you have people who you know may, might be in charge of say marketing and sales well they'll just pick the one that they like and then they'll be like oh i didn't get around to making those sales calls because i had to design that advert yeah. so it's always like a trade-off anita's background is out and out marketing and my background is sales and they're, they're very 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 different things definitely which yeah. i don't think people do tend to lump them together and sit yeah, them together often in offices as well don't they like oh marketing sales over there but actually they are different and you do gravitate to yeah. the one that you prefer to do, I guess. Yeah. So I um I have this thing called the maximization model where I think at the beginning you all start wearing all the hats, probably earning less than two and a half grand a month, you'll do everything because you have to. And then once you get to like two and a half to five K, you'll start maybe getting a few virtual assistants, possibly a bookkeeper, things like that. And then between like five and fifteen K, that's when you start to really build your team. 
and then you're slowly coming out of the operations and then 15k or more you really should not be working in the operations of the business so you know i don't uh, what i do now is i'm just constantly designing the business building the brand thinking of new creative ways to um bring more revenue into the business making it a bit more efficient whereas you know the dealing with the guests dealing with the tenants you know dealing with you know clients that sort of thing that's all done with the operational side and i think when you get to that point and you fully understand it your business your revenue like explodes because you are constantly creating all these new revenue streams and you know but when you were doing the operations you know checking guests in because they couldn't remember the lockbox code well that's just yeah. not a good use of time so what i'm really interested how on earth do you um start working in dubai <laughs> like how does that because it's one it's very much one thing isn't it doing service accommodation here in the uk and there's like you say there's lots of people that you can get access to for how to do it and there's people like you that can help you and coach you but how does one <laughs> start doing that in a different country yeah so uh, i used to live in dubai um so i kind of and we've always kind of taken the kids back there at least once a year and i've still got friends and stuff out there so i i I love the place i didn't really want to come home if i'm totally honest with you and um but we did we made the decision we came back and um i just like over here i kind of spotted a problem that there's a lot of empty properties out there and there's a lot of landlords paying high service fees for these towers so um surely they want them making money rather than sat there empty. And um, so I just kind of put a, a system and process in place to start contacting landlords over there, having the same conversations like we do over here and just showing them, you know, what, what the possibility is. So we started that. I was actually going to do this 2019. I started the whole process October, November. And then, um, and then Christmas came and then, you know, I went skiing in January and then, they were actually ahead of the COVID game. So I got wind that they oh, this COVID thing was over there. And then they locked down about three weeks before us as well. So I kind of just put it on the back burner. And then I decided uh, in November last year that it was time to get, get back at it. And so I flew out there and kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And, and we've been going at it ever since. So, But then again, they've, they've just, they're about to go on lockdown. I think they've just closed all the restaurants and bars. And uh, they've got, you know, v- various restrictions in place. So the next four weeks is kind of just seeing how it plays out. And then I think I think after that will be fine and we'll just kick on again. Um, but the good thing about Dubai is like over here we have, I would say, probably six months of, well, we probably have two to three months of peak season. And then we have three to four months of okay season. And then there's some rough months. Over there, you've got nine months of peak season and three bad bad months. So um, obviously, the bad months are when it's like fifty five degrees and it's boiling hot and no one really wants yeah. to go. But you've got nine months of like peak season out there where you know travel is all year round pretty much. So, um, so yeah, so so I just think there's an opportunity out there. I kind of spotted the opportunity, uh, repeated the process here, and I I want to get about twenty five or thirty units out there by the end of this year. So. Um, what are the prices like over there compared to here? Yeah, so the that's another reason why I've kind of I keep nine it. So when I when I rented out there, um, you had to pay your rent up front for a year. That was the wow. only way you could rent, and um, and rents were about thirty to thirty five grand for a two bed flat a year English. 
Yeah. Now they're about 18, 19 grand. So, you know, the rents yeah. have come down. Your nightly rates are still good because the hotel prices are still, you know, very uh, expensive over there. And um, so I think it's just a good combination. And also over here, we're, our biggest expense is probably cleaning and linen. Whereas over there, that's probably going to be one of the cheapest expenses. Mm-hmm. So it just for me, I just think there's a lot of things that fall into line. And um, there's probably a bit of an emotional thing where I just want to be able to go back there. Gives you an excuse. Yeah. When you were out there before, what did you do out there? I was a financial advisor. So oh, okay. uh, I kind of started my career being a mortgage broker, then I fin- went into financial advice. So um, I did that over there for, for a few years. And um, it's probably a personal thing that I have spoke to someone about potentially looking at some stuff in the States, but I'm going to get this Dubai gig going first before I then go go anywhere else, I guess. But I, um, I, I think it's a great place. I've been to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. stayed in Dubai um, and then obviously traveled over to the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix when it was on. But yeah, it's a great. Experience. And my background is recruitment and lots of people in recruitment ended up going out there uh, yeah. to work as well. So it's a, it's a fantastic place. But how nice to be able to just go and put a bit of your business in a place you want to go to anyway. That's a great excuse. Well, you that's know, that's the good thing. That's what I like about it, this Airbnb thing. And I think the more I sit through this lockdown stuff, the more it makes you realize you want to travel. So I'm also uh, going to be setting some stuff up in Portugal uh, once that's blown up. That'll probably be later this year because I do think Portugal are going to struggle to get the vaccines done. So I'm not sure that that'll open this year. Um, and then, um, you know, yeah, but then I can kind of just you can travel between where you want to go and keep checking on your operation. And it is just a case of like, right, I'm going to go tomorrow. So I'll just quickly look and see what's empty for the next three or four days. I'll just block, block those, the, those apartments out or that apartment out. And I'll just go and stay in that apartment for the three or four days that I'm there, you know, and check up on your operation, check up how the cleanings work and all that sort of stuff. And get and a bit then, of sun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just travel the world a bit because, you know, I think that's what we need to do. Why, um, why property to start with? How did you get into it? So I, I'm quite big on like studying what millionaires and billionaires do. I think I've always kind of followed um, that sort of trend. And one thing that was a common factor was a lot of them have a lot of property. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it is something daft like 90% of the world's wealth is in property. So um, even then that was even just at like ground level with like, you know, my friends dads that were wealthy or whatever i was always like they've got loads of property and you always mm-hmm. heard that they owned loads of restaurants bars pubs like property 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 and then i think it was warren buffett maybe uh who said you know you should always have something that pays you whilst you sleep you should always yeah. have a product that pays you yeah. while you sleep so for me uh property does that and um you know uh, we, we get paid every single day every single week every single month off tenants guests whatever and and you know whether we're sleeping or not it, it, it pays so that that was the other thing so that's kind of why i did it my driving factor was um i didn't have a pension and i still don't um being a financial advisor i'm probably the only one that doesn't believe in pensions <laughs> but um i didn't used to tell my clients that but um yeah i just i just think the pensions are very strict these days you lock your money up you know you potentially don't get access to the cash flow ever you know, and, and it, for me, just wasn't a sensible thing to do. But I did, when I got to 30, I was like, oh, yeah, I've still not done anything about this pension thing. And then 31 went by and I was like, I've still not done anything. And, you know, and as the years went by and I was like, right, I really need to do something with this. So I kind of just started it for that reason. And then I had no plan of 
probably being where it is today, I just wanted to get involved in property. And then I realized how lucrative it can be and, and decided to actually turn it into a proper business. What I would love to hear a bit more about is um, in your, you've got a Facebook group that's successful. It's got like, I think it's got 1.7 thousand people in it. Um, and you've just recently done a five day challenge, haven't you? So we, part of the Get Savvy Club and how we kind of lure people into our, into our world. <laughs> I'm not sure about the word lure. <laughs> kidnap maybe i'm bored of using the word attractive that's what we say about everything uh, but yeah how we get people into our world and they get to know us and a piece of us and then go on to buy our program is by a five-day challenge so um what was your thought process behind doing your five-day challenge and i know it's only recently um you've only recently finished it haven't you how, how did you map it out and how did it go i've i've done these before uh and i do like three-day master classes and you know various other just marketing activity i'm a big believer that if you give enough value out there, then the clients that want to engage with you will engage. I think a lot of people are scared that, oh, if I give all my secrets away, then I've got nothing to sell. Um, it's just not the case, is it ever? Yeah, like I, I'm a big believer in my coaching side of things anyway. Um, knowledge is only 20% of what you actually need. You know, 80% of it is relying on someone else's experience, the mindset, the accountability and everything else. So, you know, you could eventually like unlock your whole knowledge element of your program and you should still be able to attract clients because it's that part of it that you, um, you know, you're the sounding board, you're the advice, you're the one that's sitting on the shoulder and that's what they're paying for rather than the yeah. knowledge. Um, so for me, my five-day challenges are um, just something that. I did one in November last year. We had a great, you know, sign-up rate to it. And more at the point, the feedback that you get throughout the challenges is incredible. And um, you can use that feedback in many other avenues. But it also, you know, just it's it, in this day and age on the online space, it's all about trust. So it just, like, really solidifies that trust with my audience. I run it through my group. So even the ones that don't actually come on the zoom calls they can still catch it up on the group and you know they'll watch it in their own time and even if they just watch one of the five days they're gonna resonate with you or not resonate with yeah, you yeah they're gonna get to know if you're right for yeah. them or not aren't they yeah. definitely so. so um and then i throw in quite a big offer where i'll actually give someone a scholarship at the end of it um for six months so um and to do that they have to do various things which is basically just whoever's the most engaged throughout the whole week and I set them various tasks to do and then um, because I if someone is prepared to do that for a full week and show up for a full week then they're more than likely going to be a very good client and I like working with people that get results I'm not I don't really like working with people that aren't aligned with me i.e they don't want to throw their all into it they don't want to show up every day you know so all the traits that I think are necessary to create a successful business I want to be working with people like that. Yeah, and often if you give somebody something for free, they don't value it and don't do the work. So making sure they've done everything before they get the free thing is a good one. You're 100%. And you see that all the time with either low-paid courses where they'll only complete 30 40% of it yeah. and um, or, yeah, free stuff. When I actually first launched my training, what would be like a year and a half ago now, maybe two years ago, um, I actually give three people my video program for free just to try and get a bit of feedback. Uh, two of them have never logged into that program. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. first two times that we did our program, we um, did, we gave away to. Um, it's only this time, actually, four times. This is, yeah, yeah. This is the first time actually that we haven't gave away like mm. one free program because it's just apart from actually one guy did, didn't he? But everybody yeah. else has just kind of like not really participated, and it, it's so true. My best clients are the ones that pay in full 
and you know they, they invest in themselves without like really asking too many questions about it. they're just like right yeah let's go easiest and, to work and, with and, well, and, aren't and, they? and there's there's the money mm-hmm. it was the same when i was in the financial game so um like whenever we had dips in the stock market the ones who'd invested 10 or 20 grand were never off your phone they're like oh what's going on there oh, yeah. the ones who've got like 10 million invested with you you never heard from them yeah. like they yeah. just weren't like they were just like you know and and they, they understood it was a game whereas the ones who like not penny pinching as such but you know they, they were scraping the barrel to to get onto the in the stock then they were like oh it's gone down 20 percent. i've lost a couple mm-hmm. of grand and you know what are you gonna do about it and it's always like and also because we're really clear when we sell our online program that it's not get rich quick it's not you do nothing you pay this money you do nothing and then you'll have everything you need you do have to put a little bit of yourself into it it's not difficult but a little bit of yourself consistently to get the results and so if people pay that money they're more likely to put that bit of themselves in get the results and then it's nicer for them and it's nicer for us as well so it sounds exactly the same with what you do my accountability coaches who do all my sales calls for me um they'll clearly tell the clients like if you invest six to six to 18 months in this like your life could totally change and then you can like i i work like like actual work i probably do two hours a day if that and you know now an hour and a half a day i probably do a bit more right now because i've literally got nothing else to do i can't even leave the house but (laughs) you know when uh when we're back to normal um you know i'll spend uh, at least three hours a day with tennis and going to the gym you know I'll go for lunch with friends and you know and I, and I work off my mobile I make sure my business was built if it if the if the app that I was getting pitched did not have a mobile solution it would not come into my world because I want to make sure that I can run everything off a of mobile yeah and, and I think that's that's hugely important if you want to become a entrepreneur that doesn't necessarily have to be stuck by a mac every single day and yeah. you know but you don't pay 1500 pound for a course and then get that instantly do you there is that bit oh, in between where you've got to do the bit of work if it was that if you paid 1500 quid and you became a millionaire well everyone would do it wouldn't it you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like it's not just gonna happen like that i think you know when you get uh progress with it then you decide okay i'm going to start working less and maybe not putting as much effort in but just because i don't put as much effort in now it doesn't mean my business isn't i've just got other people putting the effort in for me yeah but there are so many people in our kind of the thing we do and i think property as well saying to you just come into this and you can make loads of money and you won't and it's all you know residual income you don't need to do any work and all of that and it's kind of trying to stand out from that space and actually say no come to this one, you will have to do some work, so it's not going to look as attractive to you, but actually what we're offering you is real and not just like some bullshit person sitting on a beach with a laptop going, you can be like me, and it's just rubbish. Don't get me wrong, you can get, especially using the rent-to-rent strategy, you can get quick results in property. You know, like I acquired, you know, 21 properties in seven months first time around and then 40 in the next six months once I've kind of figured it all out and got some help. So you can move quickly. But yes. there's a lot of work winning. Like, you know, I, I've been getting up at 5 a.m. for the last five years, you know, and uh, there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes. And I think whilst a lot of people see all the shiny stuff on the front end, and, you know, and I'm quite, I think I, I, I'm quite real with all my stuff as well. I'll, you know, do like what I'm working on and I'll constantly be doing lives. And I'm quite happy to open tell people what, you know, about depressions and struggles and things like that. But even that does not probably portray what's actually going on behind the scenes, you know, in terms of the work and getting up and dragging yourself out of bed at 5am when, you know, really you don't want to. And, you know, there's a lot of that. And there's, there's also days when, you know, I think I, I probably come across as 
quite positive all the time and up for anything. But there are days when I'm like, I literally can't be bothered today, you mm. know. And and um, and and certainly at the beginning when you're building, it's it's really important that you show up consistently every day. And that makes the difference, doesn't it? it, it yeah, really, when you don't feel like it, it can all be in the five AM club when like. You know, we feel like when it's a sunny day or whatever. Uh, but yeah, to do it every single day. Is, is, yeah. is really it's it's the little tasks showing up and doing the little tasks every day are what makes the difference. It's the boring stuff that makes the difference. Not not yeah. the exciting. Oh, I've got this new deal or like the keys, just, you know the selfies you know, with the keys that they have. Another side property. property. The, uh, but That's the um, it's it's the getting up and you know building sales funnels or writing copy or you know and like I spend, yeah like i'll go and do a production day now where we'll shoot like 15 videos it'll take like from 7 a.m till probably 4 or 5 p.m you know it's a lot of work for me and the team but from that we can repurpose content for the next like six to eight months and from that we then put them into the funnels you know and, and this that and the other and it's kind of all that work on that one day like some people couldn't do that like yeah. they, they couldn't shoot that many videos they just wouldn't have the mental capacity to do it um you know i'm quite fortunate yeah. that i don't have to do too many takes and i don't need to learn scripts so it's, yeah. it's a bit easier for me but it's still like by the end of that day i'm like i am absolutely knackered and i normally book out two days the next two days because i'm like i just need to just mm -hmm. do nothing it is quite hard i don't like having my picture taken for two hours by like after an hour i'm like stop pointing that thing at me i cannot smile well yeah whereas i look you know like when obviously when we weren't in the middle of lockdown and things and we'd have events i could easily just go for like you know the de the day Tw like i've been yeah. on the go for like 23 24 hours if need be straight at different things but yeah it, not a lot of people can do that and sustain the energy to get get shit done basically if you get in a zone thing is if you enjoy it though so i can't yeah, do things exactly. i don't enjoy. like if i don't enjoy something literally like, you won't even get 15 minutes out of me but what you've said there is like that's how you build businesses because if you like if you don't enjoy doing something you're definitely not going to get up at 5 a.m to to do it either you know and i'm not saying you have to get up at 5 a.m to have a successful business this is just works for me because i do 5 till 7 a.m and then the rest of the day is mine you know and i can do what i want then um but if you don't enjoy doing something even if um nine times out of ten like no one enjoys doing sales calls no one enjoys doing cold prospecting but that is what moves the needle in a business. That is what generates the revenue in a business. So if you fob that off because you don't enjoy it, then your business isn't going to move forward. What you can do is you can employ somebody who actually does enjoy doing that and is commissioned to do that. So your business still moves forward and then you can work on something else in the business. But that's a good point. And it's like um, we teach people to use social media and we say you can't really outsource that to somebody who's got another 10 clients and is doing a few posts and what have you. But if you do want to outsource it, at least make sure you have done it yourself, understand it yourself so you can measure them properly. So like you say, if you're going to do sales calls, you've got to start doing it yourself. And then by the time you get someone in to do it, you know whether they're doing a good job or where they're going wrong or if they're bullshitting you and all of that kind of thing because if you can't do it yourself how do you know when someone can come in and start you know giving you all these stats like no one's going to write content better than me because i am the brains of it all it's in my heart i know it's, it's in my mind you know so uh, you know i've i've never worked with an ad agency that can do a better result than i can i keep getting hooked in because i'm like all right yeah i'll try that mm. promise this and then it's like yeah, you're not delivering any leads for me. Like, what's going on? You know, or, or a twelve pound lead. I'm like, well, I can get them for two. So, mm. oh, well, we're getting better clients. It's just like, it's just rubbish, you know. But the um, 
no one can do better than you and that's why i brought my marketing in-house you know employ people and and i spend a lot of time with them i think when you're building teams don't think you can just employ people and then it works the good people have got jobs and they're not moving so you either need to find someone fresh like i take a lot of apprentices on and then i train them up um or you take on someone who might not necessarily be in your field and you're giving them a new challenge and then you 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 work with them so i'll invest my time in them at the beginning and then by doing that they can then you know uh, flourish by themselves and then and then i don't need to bother with them anymore or just kind of lead them after that and and be a supporting unit but you, you you're not just going to get someone off the street even uh, someone who's got the best marketing cv in the world and say right that's my business crack on generate me some leads they need to understand the business they need to understand you and um and i think yeah your content your content has to come from the key people in the business and yeah. it doesn't always have to be you as the the owner or the business owner you know like I'm sure Steve Jobs wasn't writing content when he was, you know, <laughs> later on, and, you know, but at some point there is a switch from, you know, um, they need to know my story. They need to understand me. They need to, you know, know, know where we come from as a business, what the core values are. And, and that all needs to be portrayed. And I think unfortunately at the minute, not unfortunately, but obviously I've positioned myself as the face of the business. So I need to do the YouTube video. No one can fake the videos for you, right? Yeah, no. You know, so you've got to do all that. And I think the more we go through this sort of online world, videos becoming more and more important to do. And um, but so many people are scared to get on video, and they just won't do it. But that's why it's the opportunity, isn't it? Because if you're scared, then chances are all your competitors will be. So you know, bite the bullet. You can't outsource your clubhouse, can you? Only you are there, and that is really. Uh, showing who knows what over there in terms of the answers can people answer on the spot uh yeah, yeah. Do sort of go uh, 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 i'm not sure i mean i've been in some really interesting rooms so i mean i don't know obviously we had a conversation in one of the rooms didn't we have you, have you been yeah. on there much have you done much more yeah i'm on i probably on it far too much to be yeah. honest it's benefited massively from lockdown hasn't it that app i bet i was on five hours yesterday maybe <laughs> longer yeah. Oh, there's nothing else to do so it's like <laughs> there's nothing else to do you know kids are upstairs playing on the xbox and i was just like there's nothing else to do i'll jump on my palette for a bit because again there's nothing in it. but it's yeah I, i'm not sure how much i'll use it when life's back to normal i, yeah. I don't want to get sucked into it i think it's great for you know I, I held my airbnb formula room last night which i do regularly on a sunday and um, had three great conversations and they've all kind of jumped in DM afterwards and been like, how can I work with you going forward? You know, so, um, but, and then I, I go in a room seven till 9am pretty much every morning, which is the property coffee meet. And again, there's some great people coming there and yeah. some great questions. And, but I think those rooms as well, I kind of go in to learn stuff as well as to obviously help yeah. because there's, there's so many like properties done in so many different ways that you know you don't know everything like i'm just venturing into the world of development and there's people in there who have developed multi 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 millions of stuff so you know listening to how they get around stuff or even asking them questions you know is mm. is worth is worth um exploring and doing but we did have we have had our first um 
objection of they don't need coaching anymore because um, they've got clubhouse and obviously everything's for free, which um, <laughs> that no, was that, the yeah. There's there always been Google, hasn't there, and YouTube and all that's free as well. But there's so much conflicting advice that you just spend all day trying to work it out. For well, yourself. it's like it's exactly. not going to give you accountability, is it? It's not going to no, check where like, you are, where you're at. Make sure you like I say it. all the time, like clients, coaches, mentors, consultants, like all they do is accelerate your journey. Yeah, you know, if if you're gonna get into it and you and you're like you're hell bent on getting into it, yes, you'll achieve what you want by going on YouTube and Google, but it'll take you a lot longer than if you just say, "There's some money. Can you just show me right now what I need to do next?" Yeah. Depends on your personality as well, because I'm like quite an impatient person and I can't be bothered to learn it. Or I just want someone to tell me what I need to know and I can crack on with it. And so that's my personality. So we've like not really realised, have we? Like what how how much of like do as we are because when we have hired um like we've got a business coach that we're working with at the moment mm. and we'll have like the two-hour session and then he'll say did I do this and like we're done it <laughs> like right when we're doing it get it we're going, and then we're like next day done wait, come on yeah. what are we doing it because we we want to take because we've done everything we've done ourselves um just literally yes so far we haven't collaborated really with anyone we haven't done mm. so now we're we're the next time we do the program, we want to work with partners. We want to do um, affiliates and referrals and things. And we we want to make sure we're doing it right. So we've hired a guy that that is his main thing. So, you know, we, we yeah. catch up with him every couple of weeks, gone through this program with us where we've tested a little bit. But the next one, we'll do it on such a larger scale. But we could have worked that out ourselves. Well, we started off with his lower level offering, didn't we, where he just kind of drip feeds it all and you figure it out and learn it. And then we just went, it's not for us, is it? <laughs> Let's just get him on a call, throw a bit more money at him, and then he can start you know coaching us directly and it's working really well and this again it's like the employee thing like it's not an expense it's an investment yeah like my my current my current men- mentorship is um well it's 30 grand first time round, and then it's 50 grand but it's also so it's like a two year it'll be a two-year thing all in all um seven months intimate now and but they don't just they don't just help me there was a sales department to help my sales team there's a marketing department to help mark them we've got an ops and delivery department to help that then there's the ceo boardroom which is obviously just for me and talking about like leadership and designing the business better and all that sort of stuff you know i've already you like 10x the return on that hmm. you know yes. so it's it's not an expense it's the best money i've ever spent yeah you should always have a coach shouldn't you whatever level you're at yeah i think as you as you get better at business and you move up those sort of, I guess, income levels and, and the revenue levels of your business, I think if it gets harder to find the right coach, mm-hmm. like I had about a year gap between my last one and this current one. Cause I just, I couldn't find anyone that resonated with me. I couldn't find anyone that was, I think you want, they want to be doing what you want to do yeah. at a higher level. So like he's yes. an eight figure, he's an eight figure business owner. So I'm like, right. And you know, and, and just the way it all works looked great. And, um, so I, I went there, but you know, coming back to the early conversation, like I got, I went from a sponsored Facebook ad to uh, having a quick look around on his profile and having a look at some of his um, stuff on Facebook to then uh, booking a sales call. Twenty minutes later, one of his sales guys phoned me, gave me ten minutes worth of pitch, and I and then I signed, I paid on a credit card. It was just like just talking about. Like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, let's just go. That. Like, yeah, let's just let's just go. Yeah. You know. And then some of the things we were doing, we didn't have any clue that that there was easier, uh, better ways of doing things. And he was like, "Why do you do this like this?" We were like, mainly all around tech because we're just like not. Yeah, I link loads of systems together, so my business is very automated. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, yeah. I, if I can 
time's my biggest thing I focus on right now is just how can I make everything more efficient so no one's wasting time. I hate wasting time. Yeah. And that's yeah. throughout the business as well. You don't want your yeah. staff wasting time, but you yeah. also don't want your client, you know, clients, even, you know, the people that go to stay at your, you know, your accommodation, you don't oh, want yeah. them wasting time either. They, you, oh, no. I mean, we're like, we're probably 80% of our guests will, check, will book either on our website or via one of the booking channels, turn up, stay, sign the contracts, leave whatever, da 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 all the way out, get a review, and then potentially rebook without any of us speaking to them. That's brilliant. Perfect. But they still have a great user experience. Yeah. We only really speak to the guests that are like, Lockbox isn't working. This is why I stopped <laughs> guest managing like as quick yeah. as possible. I think I, I remember once at about half 11 at night, these girls rang me uh, very early on in, uh, in my journey. And they were like, we can't get this Lockbox to work. I went, I was like, right, got out of bed, went down and um, like put the code in, pulled the thing, lockbox opened. And, yeah. and, pulled, and then they started having a go at me. We've been out here 45 minutes in the rain trying to do this, this. I was like, it just took me one second to open it. It was clearly you. And at that point, I was just done. And you realised you weren't, you weren't like the, the public facing part of the business. That's another thing. And this is about Zone <laughs> of Genius. Right? Like yeah, this is Zone of Genius. So I, I'm far too impatient to deal with guests and tenants. Like, what I really wanted to say to them, like probably can't say on this video. <laughs> <I want to. laughs> You've got to play yeah. to your skill sets in the business. And even if you are the entrepreneur, the business owner, whatever, you, you're not like, I quickly realized like if to build this business, I can't deal with guests hmm. because like whenever we get complaints now, I'm like, just give them the money back and tell them to go and find somewhere else, yeah. you know? And then Gemma's like, no, it's okay. I'll speak to them. And I'll sort out, da, 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 da. And like, she's like, job, you, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, so like, I'd just be like, just, just go, just like, go find somewhere else. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, most of it is user error, but then they flip it on us and say this. And, and for me, I'm too competitive and I just want to go into a battle. So put yourself in the right position for your business to maximize its results and then put other people in the other positions that you're not so good at. And again, you, you'll maximize the results of your business. Yeah. So we are the Get Savvy Club. We always ask a couple of questions um, on our podcast. One of them is, um, what makes you savvy? You can take that and answer it whatever way you want. Um, what makes me savvy? How much I focus on uh, my own time right now. So time comes for me in the form of self-care, which is health and fitness. Because, you know, if you're not healthy and you're not fit, then what's the point in building a business? You know, there's no point building something up and your heart blowing out your chest early doors. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, similarly with, um, you know, time, make sure you've got your family time and your, your friends and that on your diary before your business because there's no point building a business and not being able to share it with anyone. And, um, and then finally, your business time, make sure that you're not getting sucked into operations which, you know, stop you from driving more revenue into the business. And ultimately, you want to be working your way totally out of the business because um businesses that sell for multi-millions of pounds are not ones where the owner is mm. in in it it's the ones where he's built the right systems and processes that another company can just come in and say yeah we can take that over here's your check see you later and by doing that you'll end up with a better business so i'm very savvy about my time and what I do with it and how I use it. What about um, a book that you can recommend, either about property or about development or business or anything really that's helped so you? So I'll directly link it to my first answer. The book uh, that changed a lot for me was Clockwork by uh, Mike Sarkowski, I think is that how you say it. Um, it's all about making sure that you don't have these cross roles and that there is... It's basically a, the, the analogy they use is like the queen bee role, they call it. 
So effectively, the queen bee sits in the hive all day just making the honey, and all the other bees go out and get the food and bring it back to her and protect her and all that sort of stuff. So her main role is creating the honey, which obviously is the survival of the hive. So if you bring that into business sense, whoever is in charge of generating the revenue. So in my business, my my queen bee role is the um, acquiring properties for cash flow. So I have several people in that role now, but ultimately whoever's involved in that role, they can't then be getting bothered with guest management or maintenance or operations because that stops them doing that queen bee role and therefore yeah. the business doesn't move forward. So once I'd it's read that- It's a great that, way to look at it. Yeah, once I'd read that, I've actually I've actually, I actually listened to them, but once I'd listened, read that um, multiple times, I um, every time I listen, I just like get more and more and more and put people in the right departments now and make sure there's no crossover and then always have people just focused on the KPIs and uh, and always have that queen bee roll ticking and then you've always got the money coming in you've actually got a book coming out yourself haven't you? you've not done like what some of our american guests do and go My book <laughs> <recommendation>. <laughs> i'm the canadian ones actually to be fair actually yeah. anyone that's not well, we've got, we've got it was, it's weird next month we've got like an australian month coming up or something because i've booked um Australians in Denise Duffield Thomas is coming on a lady that I speak to on Clubhouse called Katrina so let's see if they are like that as well but what's your new book then yeah uh, so my it's already out it's um it's called how to property same as the podcast I do you know what I just I wrote it I, I didn't really think it was going to be any good but the reviews on it are, are pretty good so it's like well, I've never written a book I've never been inclined to write a book but I was um I made a commitment last year I was going to do it and um, and then I, I fulfilled it and just did it and posted it. So it's people seem to really enjoy it. I mean, it's just kind of me sharing how I've got into this space of property and how I've made it work. And then there's some kind of practical guidance along the way, uh, top tips, that sort of stuff. And uh, it's quite a quick read. It's only, I think it's only about 40,000 words or something. We're, we're halfway through our book. If I was to do it again, what I would do is I would just record it and I'd just get someone to, do it to um, I'd just literally do it on a dictaphone and I'd just give it to someone to publish and put it all yeah. together. Great um, advice. Yeah, my, it, it would, yeah. I've committed to doing it by halfway through the year because we are still doing loads of other stuff as well. But um, well, yeah, I, I, um, I'll, last piece, I, so I committed to it. I wrote about 10 pages and was like, I hate this. I can't sit down and do it. I went about three, four months. Then after lockdown, I was like, I'm going to do this. So what I did was I realized when I was at the gym, I'd be sitting on a bench staring into space in between reps and I'd do that for about 15, 20 minutes of each workout. So I thought if I get the book on Google Docs, rather than sitting staring into space, I'll just write a few sentences. And again, just that like committing to the little tasks every single day. I did that like, because I'd go to the gym like six times a week. So I was doing six times a week for four months. And then by the end of it, I had a 40,000 word book and I just yeah, give it to fun. a guy to, to put it all together. There's a great book by James Clear um, called Atomic Habits, where he talks about habit stacking. And if you're struggling to do something, stack it to something else, break it down and say, right, when I'm sitting on my bench waiting, I'm just going to do this. And then you start doing it and life becomes easier. And it's true, isn't it? Then let them often and eventually end up with something big. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. So that was great. What an interesting guy. And um I'm pretty sure he makes it sound a lot easier than it actually is to me. But I completely agree with him in that, you know, get other people doing the stuff that you're not very good at um, or that you don't want to do. And they'll probably be the same thing anyway, because the stuff you're not good at, you don't enjoy doing and you don't want to do. And it makes your life much nicer as well. And actually, I remember um, reading in Denise Duffield Thomas's book, one of her books, 
who is coming on our podcast soon, isn't she? And um, she said that one of the reasons you should outsource because then it puts pressure on you that you've got to find X money each month and you kind of then go out and find it because you're, you're focused on it and it's your goal and you're more likely to find it. So waiting until you've got the money before you do all of that is kind of a, not the right way around to do it, which made perfect sense to me as well. Um, so there you go, try a new guest that we're going to have on next month. It's, you're not just doing your business for you anymore, you're doing it for the good of the business, for other people, other people are reliant on you. Yeah, and you put that amount of money out there that you need to make, so you're going to go and make it. Anyway, so Ryan was great, and he recommended the book Clockwork, um, which I'd never heard of, so if you'd like to win that, then just listen to the episode, rate and review it, um, and take a screenshot of it, and then post it on social media and tag Anna and I in any platform you want. Um, but not Twitter for me because I don't really look at it. And um, you can win it, we'll send it to you. So uh, I think the quickie, we've got a quickie on Thursday. So that's um, where we'll give you an actionable marketing tip in 10 minutes or under. Um, so well worth tuning in for that. And then um, there'll be more interviews next week. Brilliant. See you later. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.